Aaron, we were jamming just then. We were. It's a, it's a good theme song. <laughs> I know. It was a good Google of mine. <laughs> I really do feel like it hits the hits the sweet spot of the vibes we're always going for. It does. It does. And I want to say I was at a, a meetup last week or two and it was a networking one. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, there's themes. Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was hustling for listeners and somebody was a podcast manager. Yeah. So I talked to him and was like kind of giving him our like, you know, elevator pitch. Yeah. And he said that our, he follows the podcast now. He said that we have a very catchy name. Like it really brings yeah. you on. So good. <laughs> that was the point. Yeah. So Thank, good job hustling for us. I'm, I'm um, hustling. <laughs> Yeah, I know a few people who are dedicated listeners who I appreciate so much who are also, you know, really hitting the ground, you know, working the streets for us, <laughs> trying to really get us out there. So I appreciate it from all angles, from all same. sides. Same, same, same. So I have a question about these meetups. Actually, this is not yeah. the topic <laughs> and this is just supposed to be the intro portion of our of our episode, but it has come to my, two things it has come to my attention. First, you know, our friendly listener and, you know, bestie Kate, I just want to point out that at a certain point, Erin, when you go to these meetups, they just keep being the same people. So when do you just call it hanging out with your friends? (laughs) Different places. Well, there are new people that show up. Mm-hmm. to these so yeah I mean I end up talking to like the new people too yeah like this other one I went to wasn't the same one it was yep. this was a different meetup and I would say like this is like the a game type meetup like you have to bring your like a game because it's during the week oh, oh. you know you got to kind of dress kind of nice mm-hmm. like it's not like you're gonna go get drunk type of thing yeah and I was feeling in a B minus mood. Oh, I see. <laughs> when I went, there was like this really hot guy, probably the hottest man I have seen in a very long time. He was from South Africa. Uh huh. And I, if I was like in an A plus mood, I would have like really have connected with him and tried to like have conversation. Yeah. But I just wasn't. I wasn't there, but I did meet two two new girls that I think I'll probably do brunch with at some point. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, that does help explain things. There are groups and themes. So when you go, you, to Kate's point, sometimes you are <laughs> going with the group of people. Cause now you're in that like meetup group. Yes. Yeah. So, so you are going to hang out with your friends. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I would say I, the first time I was down here, like that's how I made friends and like, yeah, I made some of my best friends. Yeah. Well, now one of them yeah yeah now I mean, one of them's the not my friend anymore not but dating. yeah yeah so but I get Kate's point I mean there are some times where I just hang out with the people that I know so then you're technically just like hanging yeah. out with your friends but yeah she said it like obviously loving and funny yeah I, I she texted me at work because you know she was like catching up or listening or whatever and I just like wasn't prepared and she texted <laughs> that and I laughed out loud so hard I just like she really you know it tickled me but she's gonna give me crap when she hears that but the second thing is that another person I know their friends went to a meetup up here mm-hmm. and got into an accidental love triangle so these meetups have like 
at the meetup like you know I don't need to go into all the details but like when we were talking then about you know this friend situation mm-hmm. we were just like what is going on at these meetups these places are crazy <laughs> yeah can we have them on the pod if they want to go there always thinking about content always always thinking about content but I just thought like wow you know meetup really should be sponsoring us really <laughs> but yeah I just thought of you we were deep because the 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 person is a listener as well so Anyway, I just like these meetups are cray cray. Cray cray. I'm just going to talk about this really fast. This might not transition well, but I got my first hate comment (gasps) on social media. (laughs) Whoa. Like your own personal or your photography page or person, my personal. Oh, so kind of real. Uh huh. Yeah. So I, a few weeks ago, my cat reels get like over 10,000 views because mm-hmm. they're just amazing cats oh but my anyway. God. <laughs> so one of them I accidentally had posted to Facebook because I guess Facebook does re- like mm-hmm. does like stories or whatever yeah, yeah. reels and yeah. I didn't realize I sent it to Facebook and so like this happened I guess two weeks ago but I didn't catch it two weeks ago and so I looked the other day when I was on Facebook because I don't go on Facebook that often and it was a video of me sending like a PSA to like how to walk your cat like if you want to walk your cat on a leash like this is the monster you're going to create just kind of silly and uh, this guy commented and he said you want this over family don't find out too late with like a little clock and then an argument between this random person and this other random person commenced (laughs) And this girl goes to so-and-so, as a woman who has kids and pets and way too much on my plate, I want to delete your comment. I think having a cat as my only family would be so much more peaceful. Not everyone is fulfilled by having kids. Don't biological clock shame women, you. And then he says, "Wow." he says, oh, my culture used used to value family. People like you love to force people to comply or you destroy them with their culture. I'm not here to hurt people. Just think of the future. Children are the future. Pets are pets. Now, if you were to see this real, where would you have gotten the fact that like, I don't want kids or like, I don't even have kids if I did have kids. Right. Like, it's just me walking a cat. Did you then, did you then comment that I have two children? Yeah. <laughs> I no, know. because I honestly didn't, didn't know what to say. And yeah, she just crazy. said. She replied back, people like you love to force people to comply. Comply to what? You're the one thinking women should have all should all have babies. You're the one thinking we should all comply to some sort of gender role. I support not forcing people to comply to anything. Hiding your se- casual sexism behind culture is disappointing. Expand your mindset. Whoa, so- <laughs> who knew you were going to really get the, the people riled up with that instructional video? On I know. <laughs> I feel like you really doubled down in your videos of your cats in the last I have... days. Is that in response to this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, there's this thing that I found out on Instagram that you can start getting paid by reels if yeah. you get a hundred thousand views within yeah. 30 days. Yeah. So that is what I'm trying to hit because these cats mm-hmm. get hits or mm-hmm. views. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I'm thinking of content. (laughs) Right. Well, you're doing it on your personal page. So you need to move, (laughs) transition those cat videos on over to the other. Our good friend, Justin, who was recently on the pod, he is getting paid for his. Oh, good. Um, his for reels. his design stuff? Yes, for That's Justin Mueller Designs Instagram. Good so, for him. Yeah, if you didn't already follow him, go follow him. But yes, him and I were just out last night with our husband and husband-to-be. The four of us went out and it was so much fun. And that's when he told me, though, about his monetization of his reels. So Yeah, we yeah. don't... I think on ours, once we get over 5,000, I want to say on a reel, then we'll go into step one, which is you can apply for gifts. Oh, wait till I, you just, (laughs) you have just awakened, awoken a beast because my kid videos can get a lot too. They do very well. I will say that they do very well. And like a couple on my own, just like pre this pod, you know, Mm -hmm. they do well. So We have niches. That's yes. why back to that podcast manager's point. Not only is our name catchy, our content is catchy, but our listeners already know that. That's why they're our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so I went out because we've completed our 30 days. Congrats. Of, and remember, Congrats. we only went out the one time because we had an opportunity offered to us by our mom. Yep. And so we went out with Justin and Lawrence. And we went to a fancy place. I mean, inside the the decor wasn't fancy. Like it could have used Justin's help for sure. I mean, it was, it was not bad, but it could have been for the price of the food. You know, I want the vibe to like really match, but Mm -hmm. it was good food. Great serve. Of course, like great friends in, in combo. The menus were iPads or like Kindles. It was really crazy, but like like a book menu like it oh, opened that's cool. and then it was like the ipad and anything mm. on the menu you clicked on it and you got to see a picture and a description even the cocktails like so you could see what you were gonna get so you really really liked that and we kicked off the night i decided i was drinking liquor so i had my casamigos and <laughs> two limes and soda water And then I saw that there were specialty shots. So I was like, specialty shots, everyone. Look at you. We all ordered shots to start off the dinner. A little, you know, appetizer (laughs) in the drink category. So it was so fun. We ordered apps, we ordered dinner, we ordered drinks, and then we walked over to a brewery. So I, it was a good time. Got a little litty, you know, that's, that's good. Yeah, but that was to celebrate our 30 days of no eating out. And Mm. really, Alex and I completely agree that it makes when you do go out so much more fun. Mm -hmm. When you're not eating fast food or takeout almost ever, it makes when you go out to dinner like such a treat. Mm -hmm. So we're going to stick with it. We said like, you know, we're not going to say like another 30 days or anything. We're just like, now it's just life, but we're, we are moving full steam ahead with saving the money for like the fun night out. So we mm-hmm. can order specialty shots all around, you know? <laughs> well, that's great. You know, yeah. you should also have people like 
older adults who are older than you like stay for a week and then they feel oh. bad so then they buy all your meals yeah because you had family in town <laughs> yeah so they felt bad that I was sleeping on the couch it was a miserable week in terms of me sleeping on the couch because you know one of my children was not happy about yeah. that <laughs> yeah. uh, so they felt bad so literally they bought all the groceries Mm-hmm. everywhere we went to eat they bought food and then like my aunt gave me a hundred bucks wow um, nice when she left I was like oh thanks like so yeah that's another way you know <laughs> yeah that is that's nice yeah I am a millennial so my parents do still treat me to like things <laughs> when when like we go out to dinner with them you know mm-hmm. we're going on vacation with them in a couple of months and my dad was like, just so you know, we're not going to go crazy with the spending. And I was like, okay, like I've never asked you in my life to, you know, buy things or whatever, you know, like, I, know my I mom- never expected it. I mean, I do expect it because you do it every time, but like, I don't expect it in that. Like, I think as a 30 year old woman mm-hmm. with children, like I can yeah. pay for it, but <laughs> yeah, my mom is like, well, Next year, like I can help you out with X, Y, and Z, but next year, you know, I'm retiring, so I won't be able to. Yeah, it just never goes away. I just (laughs) figure, you know, it'll just, everything I'm getting now, I will then have to do for my kids, you know, know. in order for it to like the universe to feel. Yeah. I already know I'm going to have to, because my parents paid for my college. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. I can't talk about it. I work in higher education, so I'm hoping that my kids want to go where I work (laughs) so they get the discount. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we have our guest. Yes. So if we have exciting, but this is where you pause. You can figure it out in the transition. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have returned because we did a little intro before our guests came on. So I am very excited about this guest, Kelsey, as you already know, but our listeners will be too. Oh, so excited because I did spoil it by telling one or two of our dedicated listeners and they are so excited. Oh, so I I'm can't wait. Pref- yeah. Prefacing that so, as you introduce. Without further ado, the doctor has arrived. <laughs> Dr. Erica Car- Karlinski, my psychologist, my therapist. So hello, Erica. <laughs> thank you, Erin. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kel- Kelsey. This is my first time meeting Kelsey and this yeah. is fantastic. And I'm just thrilled to be here. I am so excited. I love what you are doing when I can't sleep in the middle of the night. And I love when it's Tuesday. I love when it's Monday night going into Tuesday. I think, oh, I hope Erin edited and it's ready to go. I I just I just love it. I think you're doing a fantastic job. You make me laugh in the middle of the night out loud by myself. So what more could you ask? Right. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy. I get so nervous sometimes, you know, thinking like, is this going over well with people? (laughs) Like Aaron and I can be acquired tastes sometimes. So (laughs) glad to know (laughs) it does at least resonate with you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love it. Yep. Well, so since you're on the pod, why don't you kind of just tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and your practice, what you specialize in? before we get into the nitty gritty. 
So, okay. So I have been in practice for, well, I got my license in early nineties. I went to graduate school in Chicago. That's where I got my PhD. And I started practicing in Cleveland. I'm from New York, graduate school in Chicago, then lived outside of Detroit for a couple of years, then got licensed in Cleveland, Ohio, because that's where my husband was doing his residency for radiology. And so that's where I started working in a group. And then I started having my babies. <laughs> and a couple of years later, I was down here in Florida, you know, changes in job for my husband. Two years later, I was down here in Florida in 99. And so I had two kids. And then I had a third, so basically took 10 years off at that time. So it was when my youngest went back to school, when he started kindergarten, that I came back to work. And I started my practice by myself. I mean, I really didn't want to work for anybody or with anybody. And it was really perfect because I had, you know, very, I had very good friends who were there in the suite, but they weren't part of my practice. Mm -hmm. And so I could see them and talk to them if I wanted to. And if not, I slip out the door, nobody, nobody to be accountable to. And then I went through some changes in the last few years. And now make a long story short, I have a business partner <laughs> and six soon to be seven therapists that work for us. So, Which is great. Office is amazing. Just thank FYI. You. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Smells yeah. lovely as well. <laughs> oh, I love my office. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I specialize in? You asked. I yeah. went to graduate school to specialize in eating disorders. And I do love working with people with eating disorders and any kind of weight management issue. But then I got very specialized training in OCD and anxiety disorders. And I didn't even realize at the time how special that was until later on. So I can treat people with anxiety disorders, OCD, phobias, depression. Now I work with a lot of couples now. Love that. I love working with couples. And now I do... Do you want me to get into the type of therapy? Yeah, just because I know, and this was like when I did that intensive with Kathy, because didn't you used to do like a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah. And then so you I would switched away talk. from that. Thank you so much, Erin. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So I did for most of my career, I did CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, which is basically helping people identify their irrational thoughts and replacing those thoughts with rational thoughts. So I would have my clients keep charts and write down, you know, the situation, the irrational thought, the feeling, and then the rational thought. And I would have them come back at the end of the week. And I would help them to, if they couldn't identify the irrational thought themselves, I would help them to do that and to refute. We also call irrational thoughts, cognitive errors. And CBT really has dominated the field mm -hmm. in the last, I would say, 30 years. Not sure if it's dominating anymore. I think that the majority of therapists use CBT and I don't anymore. And the reason why I don't anymore is because, A, I did see that 
It was a little bit frustrating. CBT was frustrating for me because I didn't go into the past of mm-hmm. my, with my clients. And when you use CBT, really, it's, it's all about no need to, no need to, because it's all about your thinking. It's all about your thinking. And you're going to be just fine if you could change your thinking. Well, I went through a difficult time for myself about eight years ago. And I found a therapist for me, which was very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And she changed my life through her approach. And her approach was all about the past. <laughs> and it was amazing. And when I finished, so I did an intensive with her. So I did mm-hmm. four full days. Ooh. At the end of four <laughs> full days, I said, I will never treat anyone any other way ever again. Mm-hmm. And so that's the treatment approach. And so when my clients come to see me, we start from birth. And I do explain why we're starting from birth and why I need to know everything <laughs> eventful that happened to you in your life up until pretty much early twenties, you know, mid twenties, depending on what my client's going through, we might, you know, go through, you know, later than Mm -hmm. that later years, but it's, we need to go through the, the pain of the child because children learn how to feel Mm -hmm. And how to express those feelings and how to interpret those feelings. Um, And, you know, based on that child's, you know, culture, race, religion, family, that's how they learn how, what it's okay to feel, what it's not okay to feel, where they're going to get comfort, where they're not, you know, and so on. So we get the pain slash triggers of the child. Mm -hmm. Then... The child hands over the package. Yep. To the teenager. (laughs) I can feel my teenager now. And the teenager, so the teenager gets hand, and the teenager is like, what? (laughs) Right? So the teenager gets the child's sense of self, sense of others, and sense of the world. And the teenager, come hell or high water, teenager's not going to feel pain. So the teenager develops defenses. Yes. (laughs) Because the teenager just wants to get through it with no pain. Mm -hmm. And so so the teenager's defenses are unconscious. Okay. And so those defenses are really, really powerful. And they're really good. Like they're really, right? They just... They, they do the job and they get us mm-hmm. through so much. Mm-hmm. And so we survive and then we go into adulthood and the healthy adult no longer uses the defenses of the teenager. The unhealthy adult continues to default to the mindset. So we're talking about mindsets here, okay? The, the unhealthy adult defaults to the mindset of the teenager Mm -hmm. and in a teenager land that works in adult land it doesn't work anymore Mm -hmm. so you know 
this is why we find ourselves in the same situation, responding the same way. When we tell ourselves, we know that it's not right. The relationship isn't right. The pattern isn't right. You know, our behavior isn't right. And yet we do it anyway. Why do we default? Well, that's because emotions get activated. And when Mm -hmm. emotions are activated, we tend to default. Now, keep in mind, some people do default to the child. And the child is just needy, needy, needy. I'm helpless. (laughs) I'm not okay. And it's your job to make me okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to collapse if you don't make me okay. Yeah. I just feel like I've been in every stage (laughs) in relationships with friends, family, to kind of like describe it a little bit better or give even an example, because I'm totally okay with using me. What would you say is a good example of like a defense for my teenager that like, you know, we've had discussions about or talked about that one of your teenagers' defenses, oh, well. <laughs> Avoidance. Yeah, hold on. Let me think. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, avoidance is great. Assuming. Assuming what other people are going to think or feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a huge one is for Aaron, it's it's proving people wrong. Amen. <laughs> Number one to a hundred for Aaron. <laughs> proving you the F wrong Mm -hmm. no matter what it takes Mm -hmm. right Kelsey (laughs) oh my gosh yes if you could only have been there I mean you've been there because she's had to go back and tell you about these times (laughs) but you could have only been there in that what was the third place third year we lived Erin that place country Country place place, yeah you could have only been in those country place (laughs) rooms when Erin wanted to go I just, I can't. Yes, that is it. That is it. She is always trying to prove people wrong. And, you know, I'm not Erica, but also I think make people, sometimes the wrong people like proud, you know, there's, I feel like there's a, they're kind of linked for you, like proving people wrong. And also like, like the acceptance of certain people that you've put up you know, as important. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I would say the people I want to prove wrong are like the people that I shouldn't have in my life, but like, screw you. Like I'll show you, like Mm -hmm. I have a better life than you. I can do this better than you. Like, (laughs) right. And most, I would say most people would say, well, what's wrong with that? Right. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Because it only gives you motivation. It only gives you energy to be the best that you can be why not? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. why not? Because that means that your sense of your your self-worth is based on what they, these people who you don't like anyway, what they think of you. Mm-hmm. Right? 
And the other thing is when you, you, when you want to prove people wrong, you're in your teenager mindset because the teenager just needs to be right. Yeah. The teenager doesn't care about peace, harmony, or repairing the relationship or the conflict. No, the teenager is just going to keep digging in their heels, digging in their heels to be right. Why? In the end, why? Mm-hmm. You know, how much is that being right going to give you peace, going to give you joy a week from now yeah. or even two hours from now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say like when I came to your office in February of 2019, because I was in that teenager mindset and she got me really far. Her and I did great things together in a sense. Absolutely. But I suffered from an eating disorder because of her. I had severe anxiety by the time I showed up to your office. Yep. I had some like some really bad trauma. Like I was exhausted. Like I was tired of being me. Like I didn't want to be me anymore. So something had to change. So that's why like I love this change because I've I've been through cognitive behavioral therapy. And usually I always get a book thrown in my face too at the end of the session, like read this book and this will help you with those irrational thoughts. So this is like a whole new thing that I wish everybody. (laughs) She does say that Erin says that all the time. She wishes everybody could go through your intensive. (laughs) Everybody who, everybody who does this work. And has, you know, any kind of, you know, maybe their career or even a lot of moms, but a lot of teachers, I've seen a lot of teachers, they say, oh my God, this has to be in like elementary school curriculum. Kids need to know because kids don't learn about their emotions. Mm -hmm. And this is all about emotions. And it's Mm -hmm. all about how your emotions drive every single thing you do and say. Mm -hmm. The adult mindset uses logical reasoning. Teenager mindset uses emotional. And a good balance between the two is really the way to go. So being aware of your emotions of what's driving your behavior, right? But then allowing the logical mindset, the adult mindset to dominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what would and, you say a healthy adult looks like? <laughs> well, a healthy adult, I was just about to say, so Erin really did. She took this and ran with it. I mean, Erin <laughs> is truly like a poster child, poster <laughs> woman, poster woman for, for the adult because her teenager is still around and she she knows her, she recognizes her and she, I'll never forget Erin and you probably haven't forgotten. Erin called me because she, you know, she had traveled, she was, you know, states away and she called me to say, this is what happened and I needed my teenager to take over. And she did. Do you remember that, Erin? Yeah, it was an airport. Oh, yes. Yep. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And so it was, that was so cool because Erin is so aware. Talk about being self-aware. She knows her teenager as well as she knows her adult. 
And she, you know, she puts her teenager in her place when she needs to. <laughs> and yeah, but most of the time her teenager is in her place. Erin, <laughs> you want to expound on that at all? You don't I have mean, to. I would just say like my adult is the complete opposite of my teenager. I don't feel like I need to prove people wrong, but on the flip side, my teenager is like, well, then you're just unmotivated. Like you're just, you're not disciplined if we're not proving people wrong. So I definitely have like that inner battle, inner struggle with, with myself on that. But I would say she's just overall, my adult is a badass. Like we're very independent. (laughs) We're we're strong. Like we know we can get through anything. Badass, but you also (laughs) admire your teenager. Yeah, you definitely give her the credit that is due. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say kind of shifting into when you work with couples, just like, what do you see from a perspective of like how teenagers are in relationships? Like, oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. When a couple or any two people in a relationship, really, we can go ahead and say that two adults in both in their teenager mindset, first of all, they're going to be looking to win. Mm-hmm. So, and proving the other one wrong. So that's the goal. So things escalate until one person storms off or the other one starts crying or, you know, they give each other the silent treatment for two hours or two days or two weeks, who Mm -hmm. knows. But at some point, real life's going to get in the way and the fight gets shoved under the rug. Maybe something funny happens and they laugh together and everything is okay, right? Because the laughing mitigated all the anger. Mm -hmm. And in healthy relationships, those two people think that that's the way to go, right? Mm -hmm. That's normal. This is what we do. You know, we fight and then it's over. No, that's actually not the healthy way to go because then it doesn't get resolved Mm -hmm. until it comes up again and again and again. And the only way that things get resolved then is like I said, when life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. So a healthy couple Each person takes the other one's point of view into account and they approach the conflict with compassion for their partner's triggers. Mm -hmm. So the work that I do with couples is I do the timeline with each one and I help them understand their child, their pain, their triggers. Then we bring them together so that they can then understand not only their own, but their partners. Mm-hmm. And then they then they can talk about things that have happened over the years and understand why they got where they are, which is usually in trouble by the time they come to see me. Mm-hmm. And when they tell me, when they give me their stories and they then they give me the story of their relationship, I usually say, well, this makes total sense because it does. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me. And then I help them understand it 
because who cares if I do, but they need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you describe the baby given the, your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever your baby? <laughs> <laughs> Cause this is like what, when I did that intensive with you, Kathy and everyone that was there, I, I went to my ex and was like, sorry, you know, like after that, like it was for me, it was profound. So go ahead. <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't think I could do it as well as Kathy did. But really, it it's all about, so when we meet people for the first time, when, when, <laughs> when we meet our partner, when we go on a first date, you know, our baby, our, our child, our inner child, of course, we're talking about, with all of our pain, you know, and all of our baggage and, and our story and our, all of our bullshit. We don't say to the other person, you know, hi, I'm Erica. I, you know, my mother was an alcoholic, which she wasn't. My mother was an alcoholic. My father neglected us and no one was really there for me. And I was molested a little bit in sixth grade. <laughs> And yada, 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 yada. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't vomit all of our stuff, even though all of our stuff is important for our partners to know, we don't do it because no one would stick around. Mm-hmm. No one. Right? Yeah. The truth is, I like to say to people, when, when you get married, it's easy when you're in your twenties, you know, to believe that because you know each other so well, there are no skeletons in the closet. Secrets are out. Mm -hmm. The, the facts make no difference in terms of a future with each other. The facts don't matter. What matters is how all that impacted you emotionally. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. So when you and your new spouse, it's five years later and you're having an argument and they say something to you and you completely blow up or collapse. Mm -hmm. There needs to be an understanding and the facts are not going to be enough, but an understanding about the emotions. Why the hell is this impacting you now? Why, why am I seeing this response that came out of nowhere? Mm-hmm. Or why do I see this every single freaking time we talk about this? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that the emotions and and trauma if you don't heal properly and be allowed to feel it and put it in its place and really talk to the right kind of therapist because man you know a lot of people's thoughts appear to be irrational but based on their history you know 
rightly so they're having Mm -hmm. those thoughts of course they're having those thoughts and those feelings yeah so would you say when you're with couples that they throw their emotional baggage a lot of the times to their partner oh so you're talking (laughs) so you're talking about when you take the baby the Mm -hmm. pain of the child and turn it over (laughs) here you go it's yours now (laughs) like I have you to take care of me help her feel good yes yeah yeah do you see that often a lot so with couples they'll say you know well I wouldn't have said that Mm -hmm. you know he he said this to me and I wouldn't say that to him. Oh, okay. Well, you wouldn't say that to him because you don't have, you didn't live his story mm-hmm. and he didn't live your story. Mm-hmm. So just because you wouldn't say that to him because you feel that it's not nice, that has absolutely nothing to do with how he feels about you. Yeah. You know, he has his story. And I always say, it's not about blame. It's about understanding because everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And if you bring anybody's parents, grandparents, great grandparents into the room, it's all going to make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Kelsey, for her? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just like living living the the ride over here because I was going to ask about couples but no I'm just enjoying everything you know (laughs) I'm thinking of things like do I think Alex and I you know I'm reflecting but (laughs) so far (laughs) so far pretty good we won't say so far so good but so far pretty good But Erin, you're very good at re-educating or re-sharing. <laughs> I feel like I have heard a lot of these like approaches or these mindsets, mm-hmm. like, and you are able to at least spread the yeah. knowledge pretty accurately. <laughs> well, thank you. I One of the things I would love you to share with our guests, because we are a dating relationship podcast, what is gaslighting? Well, you know, because everyone feels like, oh, you gaslighted me. You know, I don't think everybody knows what it really means. Yeah. Gaslighting doesn't happen like in one, it's not an isolated thing. You know, you know, you're disagreeing with me, you gaslighting me, you know, mm-mm, no gaslighting is a over time, over time, little, subtle, very subtle typically the narcissist is the one who's doing the gaslighting, right? Mm -hmm. And the narcissist will do and say things so that their partner doubts themselves, doubts their own thinking and their own feeling and their own reality. So it's it's very, it's very demeaning. It's very degrading because over time, the self-esteem of the partner just 
wears away until mm-hmm. their self-esteem is in the toilet, you know, because they just are doubting themselves everywhere they turn. And that's because the narcissist has such good answers and they're so confident, right? Mm-hmm. So their confidence is a huge part. The confidence slash arrogance of the narcissist just makes the partner feel, okay, I must be crazy or I'm wrong or or I'm just really lucky that he or she wants me and is letting me stay. Mm-hmm. So the narcissist will, sorry, I'm focusing on narcissists. Um, <laughs> so there are a lot of people who are not narcissists, but they could fall into some you know, narcissistic behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm not all about diagnosis anyway. Yeah. So if a couple comes into my office, I don't really care about diagnosing narcissism, you know, or codependence. So yeah, so that's what I meant to say earlier. The narcissist and the codependent are extremely attracted to each other. So I can explain what the codependent is a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like my teenager was that in my uh, last relationship. So (laughs) yeah. So Erin, you probably would agree with me that most people don't know what the true definition of codependence is. Oh, yeah. Because it sounds like two people who are dependent on one another. Mm-hmm. Right? Why wouldn't we think that? Because co, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not what it is at all. The codependent is the person who ha- who grew up from the get go, very young, feeling responsible, usually for their parents' emotional well being. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids, children of alcoholics, grow up to be codependent, and so. The layperson's term would be people pleasing, and the you know the more clinical term is codependent, and it's 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 huge. It's a big problem. So the codependent feels responsible for everybody else's emotional well being, and and to the point where the codependent is actually happy, truly happy. If everyone else is happy, truly happy. <laughs> I mean, it's genuine. And the narcissist is drawn to the person who wants to make them happy. So you put a narcissist and a codependent together, (laughs) everybody's happy. Yep. (laughs) Until you're not. (laughs) Until one day the codependent says, holy crap, what the F? I don't even know what I like anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I want anymore. Because really, it's been all about him or her and or the kids. So what happens then, like 20 years into the marriage, the nar- one of them, one of them usually, you know, there's always infidelity in, in relationships like that. Always, always, always. Because the codependent actually meets somebody who really does care about their Mm -hmm. wants and needs. 
or the narcissist meets somebody who challenges them. Yeah. Would you say with codependence? Cause I felt like when my last relationship, but I broke up, like I felt like I couldn't breathe anymore. Like I was just so sucked in to wanting his approval and wanting us to be together and all this stuff that when it was no longer, I felt like the life got sucked out of me. So do you see that with codependence? Like, what am I supposed to do now type of scenario? Oh yeah. They have no idea. Like there's no life. There's no life. I can't wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning and not be here to make him happy Mm -hmm. because that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and then it becomes your identity, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have anything, Kelsey? I I do. Go ahead. (laughs) I was making eyes because I do think that that describes a lot of Aaron. Um, (laughs) I say it lovingly or it did describe, you know, I don't think it goes away, but it's, it's just, you know, it's, facts of the past but so that's why I was making eyes because that's like yes that's that's sort of what I was saying about you you really aim to make people proud but really it is like a people pleasing and certain people you're always trying to make them happy but so so that was a much better way of describing that Kelsey don't you think Aaron has gotten so much better about Mm -hmm. that yes yes like drawing boundaries, drawing lines and not beating herself up for if she, God forbid, disappoints someone who she cares about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to. So this is sort of my question because I used to want to like shake her <laughs> so badly, like in college when she wanted to run a race but her parents said she couldn't drive three hours away, (laughs) but our college was three hours away from their house. So she's used to doing (laughs) three hour drives. It's just three hours further, you know? And, but she, she didn't. And I just so badly was like, but you're an adult. Like you can do this. Like you can drive three hours. So my question is how hard is it Erica to be you sometimes when you're working (laughs) with your clients? Like, I also don't think I could be you. I don't think I have the qualities that it takes to, you know, be a successful therapist, but yeah. So how does it, how do you feel in those instances when you, like you said earlier, you know, and you understand it. And now you're trying to get your, your clients, patients. I'm not sure what vocab you use, but how does that feel to be you? So (laughs) sometimes, yes, it's extremely frustrating, extremely But so with someone like Aaron, who I've known for so long, there isn't much I have to say. She kind of knows. She probably knows by the look on my face. (laughs) No, that she's like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. Like, she probably doesn't even need me in the room, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, with newer clients who I don't know as well, and they don't know me as well. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And I, I do tell them, I'm not here to talk you out of what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm not that if you want that, there are plenty of therapists out there who will do that for you. And I'm not here to validate what you're feeling or what you're doing either. 
I'm not going to make sure that you walk out of here feeling better. You might not feel better. What I'm here to do is help you understand why the F you're doing it, Uh why you're driven to do that or to still be in this relationship, you know? So what's uncomfortable? You know, we talk about discomfort all the time, right? And, you know, is this painful? You know, are you addicted to his texts? Are you looking at your phone 65 times a day waiting for that text? And then when you get it, are you going to jump through the roof and then the rest of your day is going to be so great? Well, guess what? That's not healthy. Uh (laughs) That's not healthy because you're putting your self-worth, your mood, your mood is completely dependent on them and yes. not. Oh man, I just, just preach Erica. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like I would, I, I just, I know this about myself. So that's why I'm not <laughs> going to this profession, but that'd be so challenging for me. Like that would be so hard sometimes Aaron and not just Aaron, but. Oh, to be the therapist and yeah. not. Yeah. So, because so telling hard. people what to do. I I just pride myself I think because of my work with Kathy I think because Kathy did it for me she Mm -hmm. did not tell me what to do Mm -hmm. and it worked and doing this is so I mean I have seen people change in ways that I had never seen before Mm -hmm. and they and they tell me my, I am different, Erica. I am foundationally different. And it is because of this work. And they're so grateful. Mm-hmm. So I know that it works. And truthfully, it takes a lot of burden off of me because I don't, <laughs> because I'm not going to bother talking them out of it, mm-hmm. you know? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to help them figure out why they're doing it. Yeah. I remember this was at your old office, but it was towards the end of a session. And I remember I was talking about my past relationship and I was like, he was the love of my life. I'm never going to meet anybody else ever again. That's going to be like him and blah, blah, blah. And you looked at me and you're like, well, that's how you feel. I can't, I can't change how you feel. And that (laughs) honestly, (laughs) like, (laughs) like that was truly like that was profound because I felt like to me that's all I've ever wanted to do was change people's minds change people's feelings and for somebody to tell me that for somebody to be on the outside looking in being like "Mm, well that's how you feel but I think over time I've just been like I can feel other ways like I can feel a different type of way and I will meet somebody who is you know like that was just a season of my life like blah 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 so I think to hear that from somebody that has changed my life because now with other people, like if I'm in an argument with Kelsey or whatever, and we get in a debate and she's like, well, that's how I feel. And that's it. To me, I'm like, okay, argument's done. Like I can't, I'm not going to change how you feel in that moment. Yeah. So I'm just going to walk away because that's it. (laughs) Like, and I think a lot of arguments and relationships are trying to change people's feelings. And I just think you're not going to change them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you can stay and 
you can explain why you're feeling what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, and you probably, I hope that you would agree with this, Erin, that this kind of work also gives you a little bit of a leg up in terms of what's motivating other people. Mm -hmm. So if you know enough about their story, if you know enough about their history, you know, you probably know enough about Kelsey and her life where if she, you know, responded or reacted to something in a way that was, you know, a little bit maybe out of character or you don't see it very often, you probably could make sense of it Mm -hmm. knowing what you know about Kelsey. Yeah. Well, when she ever argues with her family about politics... (laughs) I I see I see a different side, but I understand that side. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I'm pretty good with well, not right now. I'm struggling to say sentences, but what I was going to say is that I can you know I can cut pretty deep with this this here mouth of mine. So <laughs> when I'm real passionate. So Aaron has seen that <laughs> side of me. I can cut a bitch with with my words. Only sometimes, you know got to be real activated for that to come out (laughs) but especially as I've I've gotten older I think I've mellowed out but not always sometimes it still comes so that's probably my teenager is something there about I can be pretty explosive or I used to be now I I think I'm pretty chill have you heard Kelsey's teenager on the pod well, I've listened to it. I've heard every episode. <laughs> so I don't know. Can you, can you help me out, Aaron? <laughs> yeah. Help us out, Aaron. I do think explosive or that's one. What's something else? Aaron? I would say you can some, you're like you said, explosive, but once you have a feeling about something or like oh, yeah. someone, yeah. you don't change. I that I wouldn't say that I don't change however and I can think of one person in my life you don't change on and she's yeah. biological yeah 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 oh but there that's not because I've decided something it's straight facts why I have feelings about that person yeah I think I do have a tend I and I know I did this is definitely something in my younger years that is still in me but I think I've tamed her if we're like using our teenager as our, like a, another person, like a, another mm-hmm. identity. Yes. They need to be right. I love, yes, I, I love to be right, like had to mm-hmm. be right. You and, still enjoy that. <laughs> you know, of course I enjoy it. However, <laughs> I think that I, like we got in an argument about headphones at the grocery store. <laughs> And I firmly, like, it's not worth going into now, but I firmly believe that I was right in that argument. But I, I was the one who stopped arguing because I said, it's fine. Like, like, we don't need to prove each other. We don't need to prove each other. Like, like you said earlier, when someone has a, has a feeling like they sort of stick to it. And I was, the old me would have wanted yeah. to just rip into that. Oh, yeah. I would say I got really, I got defensive in that conversation because Mm -hmm. there was three other people coming at me at the same time. And yeah. Yeah. Our um, teenagers came out. Yeah. They were like, they had like fangs and claws. (laughs) And that was, 
That was about headphones in the grocery store. That was like, yeah, very I casual. Even know, very yeah, casual. I don't even know how we got on the topic of it, to be honest, Erica. But like, <laughs> it was just like, I personally thought like, if you walk into the grocery store, like there's With times AirPods. and places to have headphones in or AirPods. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, like if you go to the grocery store, like that's, that's rude at the checkout line to have even just one in. And she felt like, well, I can still hear them if they talk to me about something and like, I can still multitask and all that. And I just said, like, it's kind of like when you go and order a sandwich at Subway or Jimmy John's or whatever, Jersey Mike's, like, you know, like they don't, they say in the line, like, don't talk on the phone or whatever. So that was like our argument. And she disagreed with me and I was like more power to like you know focus on human interaction and connection like you know and she was like I don't care like (laughs) yeah we it was a it was literally I was I had an out-of-body experience Erica actually watching the argument because I was like we are two adult women true I mean arguing like we had like people we loved on the line like we were so (laughs) passionate about this argument which was crazy so I had an out-of-body experience and I was like are we seriously arguing about airpods at the grocery (laughs) store like this is so crazy and I know that the old me would have gotten off on like winning that argument you know what I mean like I would have been like we have someone has to win and then someone has to lose. The adult me really is like, this is the craziest argument in my life. Like, I'm still going to defend my point because, like, Good I for love you, Kelsey. But, you know, but I was like, but this is crazy. Eric's <laughs> clapping. I'm getting ho- hoot and hollering. My husband left. Like, he not, he just like walked out of the room. That um, was our real housewives of Beverly Hills. I, or- yes, it was. <laughs> so then later that night, I think, oh I don't know if I told you this, Aaron, but later that night, like, you know, we all settled down and then we went right back into like life, like whatever the next thing was mm-hmm. that we were doing and talking about, but like nothing had happened. So maybe that was unhealthy. Maybe this is what <laughs> we need right now. But I told Alex later that night, I said, Alex, housewives, husband 101, like you don't leave your wife hanging. Like you don't need to say anything, but you got to stay. I was like, have you not seen every episode of all the housewives? Like the husbands are not allowed to speak, you know, cause on the show, once a husband talks, they get in trouble, but yeah. you can't abandon your, you know, your <laughs> teammate or whatever. So yeah. He didn't get an earful, but we laughed about it later. Yeah, I will say my teenager, when you guys all went up to go to bed after the argument, Mm. I will say my teenager was like by the stairwell wondering if you guys were talking bad about me. (laughs) Because it was, it was like three other people and two of them, like, I don't see that often. I mean, one of them I had just met. Right. I mean, same. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I felt embarrassed because I was like, yeah, to me, it was like just a, yes, it was over headphones. But it felt much, deeper. I don't know, it, deeper than that. It was not headphones. deeper for me. It was just headphones. Well, Aaron, but it sounds like you were the one who was expressing the most compassion for the, for the cashier. <laughs> the <clerk>. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really, what's to be embarrassed about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think I was just embarrassed that her and I were arguing in front of everybody. Oh, because then like, you know, the next day, I don't know what was yeah, called the together. kickoff. Yeah. 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 And one of the people that was, it stayed the night, the previous night 
she had said something along the lines of like, let's not talk about any sensitive oh, topics. Yeah. And you oh. were like, yes. And I was like, yep, that, that had an impact on everybody. Like that affected everybody in some way. Great, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the craziest thing ever. Cause I think that was our first fight ever as friends. And it was over headphones yeah. at the grocery store. So personally, it just left a good memory. Like, you know, I like mean, I, I would say that's what we're arguing about. Like we, that's great. If that's the only thing <laughs> wow. we're arguing about. And I do think, you know, like I get your feelings about, you know, being embarrassed or whatever, because there, you know, you're not normally around those people that we were arguing in front of, but, but I think it just made everybody, yeah. I, like, I thought it was in looking back, it was just funny. There was no deeper. So, so Aaron Mm -hmm. embarrassment, right? (laughs) Embarrassment, shame, right? Yeah. Shame. So Kelsey, so Kelsey and listeners. So shame is the most toxic of all the emotions. Mm. And it's the hardest one for us therapists to get to in therapy. But when we do, it can be more healing than anything. So, because people will live their entire lives motivated to avoid feeling it. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if you allow yourself to feel it, just sit in it, it doesn't last. It does go away. And it also isn't feeling it and being actually just exposed Mm -hmm. to it is not as bad as most people anticipate, you know, so telling someone I had a client uh, a few years ago, so I could talk about that because it was years ago and she had gotten fired and she was so embarrassed. She was so worried about telling people that she had gotten fired And so we talked about it and I had her talk about it in my office and really like, and say a lot of the things that, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, I'm a failure. I'm this, I'm that, you know, she was feeling it. It wasn't good. And then I told her the best, most healing thing she could do is go out and tell as many people as she possibly could that week until I saw her again that she got fired, not with any defense, no qualification, nothing. No, no context. Just, yeah, I got fired. I'm looking for a new job. And she did it. And she came back and she said, Erica, I was over it in half a day. (laughs) It was fine. Totally fine. I don't care. I don't care Mm -hmm. what those people think. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. That's, that's something I, I need to work on. Cause I know I can sit in my shame for a very long time. Most people can, <laughs> most people do. They can and they do. Yeah. So do you have any questions for Kelsey and I that Yay! you'd like to ask? <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. Do I have any questions? No, I really don't. I probably like, if I thought back over your episodes, I probably, <laughs> some of your episodes really just like, <laughs> oh my God, they're talking about this. I cannot believe that. I mean, the sex cow, come on, oh. <laughs> that's going down, right? Yeah. In history, 
Well, I just, that's why I think this podcast works so well, because really I say this, I think I say this to you, Aaron. I definitely have said it to myself. Like I have nothing to lose. Aaron is the single one. So if she's willing to be authentic, like then, I mean, of course I'm divulging all of my stuff, but she's so open and honest. So it makes me want to be open and honest too. And I think I am open and honest all the time. Like I, some people, you know, there's like a work version of them. There's like a friend version of them. There's who they are with their family. And I really think that I'm like, you know, within reason, the exact same person in every environment. So there's no different version of me on the pod either. So I, you know, loved that episode because (laughs) (laughs) I think that was just like the proof in the pudding or whatever that we will talk about all the things. (laughs) It was an amazing episode. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Really, really. And if I wasn't on here tonight as a psychologist, I would tell you (laughs) (laughs) other things about that episode. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing that generationally, Mm. people my age don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's no like, towel <laughs> you go to the bathroom and you take care of it yeah <laughs> clean up your stuff yourself that is so if it's your stuff or my stuff or whatever stuff it is <laughs> Well, I I walked away feeling so sad that Erin has never had someone hand her a towel. I was like, (laughs) you will know it's her person because they're going to hand her a freaking towel. Like she's going to. You see, Erin, I think it's okay if no one hands you a towel. I really do. Because the truth is, it's healthier for you to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, you can do that too. That's that is yeah. allowed. Also, it's both. It's both. Both truths can you know both can be truths. And who brings the towel then to the laundry? I know. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that is that is true. I usually you want to make sure that the dog doesn't get it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you don't have any questions or still thinking, what is some of the best advice you could give people who are single in relationships, how to like navigate just this, just, just this dating world nowadays? Cause I know you've heard my stories and. So one of the biggest problems that I see in people who are dating is that when people meet people on dating apps, sometimes a lot of times when you start, when they start talking through text or through the app or whatever it is, you start to paint this picture of this person and it doesn't take long to get this picture. And then when you meet them, they're so different from the picture that you painted. Mm -hmm. And it's, it can be like you, I've seen a lot of people feel blindsided by it. Yeah. He sounded this way. Well, maybe he didn't sound that way, but maybe you were hoping for that. Mm -hmm. And so 
you envisioned this. So I think when it comes to dating apps and someone who you haven't met yet in person, keep it to a minimum. I really do so that you don't have any preconceived vision or notion about that person. And if you find yourself, you know, waking up in the morning and getting into a texting all day long thing, you know, good morning, yada, yada, how are you doing? And then where are you going for lunch? What are you doing? for? And I'm just going to add in my meeting, really, really, really unhealthy way to have a relationship. The healthy, healthiest way, whether it's a new relationship, someone you never met, or someone someone that you're you've been with for ten years. Good morning, how are you? Yada yada yada. And then let the whole freaking day go by before you talk to them again. Mm-hmm. It's not. It. I don't see it serving anybody well. Talking all day long. Yeah. At all. At all. <laughs> especially in new relationships where you're not really sure where it's going or how they feel about you. Oh my God. Then it's like, where is he? He he hasn't texted for 45 Mm -hmm. minutes, an hour. I mean, just enjoy you, enjoy your life, work hard while you're working. And then when you're not working, do the things that you enjoy. Find someone who's going to enhance your life, but not make you feel whole and Mm -hmm. empty without them. Yeah. Yeah. Erin, when you find your person and you're like pretty confident that that's your person, are you going to require that they go to Erica (laughs) or her partner (laughs) or one of her other? Yes. If we become like an item, like right up, like he will be walking into her office. (laughs) I will say, here you go, Erica. (laughs) Uh See you in a few months. Do your magic. Yeah. See you in a few months. Do your magic. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't. That does not surprise me one bit. I was like, there's no way Erin could ever like at this point, like you are so, you know, like you use this approach just in your everyday life and all of your thought, like thought processes and things that you would need your partner or really want your partner to, to, to and the other thing too, and, and Erica said this too, like, once you understand this stuff, like like you can just see it in everybody your adult has a really hard time being friends with a teenager. Yep. And so you end up sometimes like, I mean, I lost a friend because of this, you know, and Erica, you know, exactly <laughs> you, know who this, no friend. Yeah, you know exactly who this person is she was good um, because I couldn't deal with her teenager anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't deal with her teenager either. And I never <laughs> met her. So, <laughs> so yeah, if you're going into to want to be a therapist and all this, I feel like this needs to be taught in schools because this work is, I mean, life-changing. And I I think when you're writing, especially like when you're doing your timeline and you're writing out like all your thoughts and like all the, your events in your life, you kind of start seeing your habits. Cause I didn't just do my timeline about my life. Like I also did my timeline about my past relationship. So I got to see like what, you know, so you can do different timelines for different things. So you can kind of see like what your headspace was and basically who you are and like what makes you tick. I never knew what made me tick. Like I was proud 
to prove people wrong. Like I loved it. <laughs> like I eat it up like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and yeah. dessert, you know? And so I didn't know that. I mean, I don't think it, my teenager's like, well, it's not a bad thing, but my adult is like, it's unhealthy though. So I didn't know the difference. <laughs> so do you have anything else to add, Erica, before we wrap up? Any questions? Think of anything? I'll just say this has been so fun for me because when Aaron was with us, you know, a few years ago, it was just Erica this and Erica that. And I said, we would talk about things, you know, like things are going on in Aaron's life. I mean, things are going on in my life too, but you know, we talk and I say, oh, I can't wait to hear what Erica has to say about that. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to, you know, for you to tell Erica that one. And what well, gonna- Kelsey, all I want can say about that right now is that I was, almost as grateful, maybe just as grateful to you for having her at that time. <laughs> yeah, we were happy to have her. She probably wasn't thrilled with the accommodations, but, uh, <laughs> but appreciative nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> so appreciative. So grateful. Yeah. Yep. Well, I before I let you talk about your For Nina Foundation, I just want to say thank you for doing this again and Honestly, thank you for changing my life because I know I would not be here today if I didn't come to your office. So honestly, thank you and see you Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Erin, it has been just a joy. It really, truly has been a joy working with you and staying, you know, with you and you've stayed with me and you know your move and your move and it it's just mm-hmm. it's been it's truly been a pleasure just I'm watching you grow in so many ways it's just mm-hmm. been astounding and it's just given me so much joy oh well thanks. So thank you <laughs> so yeah. yeah go ahead and I'll give the floor to you about your for Nina foundation so, yeah, so I really appreciate it, Erin. Mm-hmm. I'm so, wow, I'm really touched that you're asking me to talk about it. Yeah, so in in April of 2017, my daughter Nina was diagnosed with leukemia. She was finishing up her freshman year at University of Florida, and it was quite a shock because Nina was the physically the strongest person that I knew, and she was just amazing. And she passed in May of 2018. And so when I started working with Aaron, of course, it was, you know, it was less than a year later, and it was quite profound. You know, I mean, it was talk about life changing, nothing is ever gonna, I am very different from the person that I was before, before she passed. But in light of, you know, Nina would never want to be remembered in any kind of cringy, cheesy way. And so we don't do that. (laughs) So she was involved in dance marathon at the University of Florida, and that dance marathon directly benefits Children's Miracle Network. Specifically at UF, it directly benefits Shands Hospital at Mm -hmm. UF, and it's a children's hospital. 
And so Nina loved dance marathon because she loved kids and babies so much. And so keeping her dance marathon page active after she passed just made total sense to us. And so we did. And so that became the dance, the Nina Karlinski Memorial team for dance marathon. Mm -hmm. And we raised like $35,000 the first year. And in the last year, last June, we established the For Nina Foundation. And so our logo is For Nina, and it's all in her handwriting, including the heart. It's all Mm -hmm. hers. And so the foundation directly benefits most, the majority of the funds go to Dance Marathon. So to the kids and teens at Shands Hospital. And then... All of the money, though, goes to kids and teens who are suffering with um, with serious illnesses like she did. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing. And we have partnered with Kendra Scott. And so we we have had several events, including a Nina collection that came out a couple of years ago and we just had a, a an event a for nina event before christmas and we're going to have another one before mother's day and i'm writing a book about nina and the signs that i get from her and all of that and so yeah is so if anyone's interested and <laughs> read about her and the foundation at fornina.org mm-hmm. And thank you for letting me talk about that. Yeah. And you can donate at, cause I'll share the link in the show notes, but you can donate on the website link, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And Great. you can also buy a hat or a shirt and they're so yeah. cute. They're so cute. <laughs> and I, I want people all over the world to end up with something so that if I go to like, you know, Amsterdam, I might run into somebody wearing a Fornina hat Mm. that's cool yeah that's great thank you Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes thank you no well thank you honestly (laughs) really fun i hope you ask me again if you have like we will i'm thinking it's going to be called the doctor is in (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) i would love that yeah Yeah. we'll save it for the next one i'm gonna start taking notes of things just like back you know a few years ago when aaron was when aaron and i were here and i was like what's erica got to say about this (laughs) i'm gonna start taking notes for when we have erica back because there was a previous episode where i was like what is erica saying about this (laughs) segment of our show and so i'm gonna start taking some take notes yeah i would love to kelsey i would love to to. yeah Yeah. (laughs) and one day we'll get kelsey you know you can uh, you guys can figure out her teenager (laughs) i know aaron always says well aaron always says that just give just give yourself five minutes with erica (laughs) Because I always tell her that I'm so evolved. (laughs) And I'm saying it jokingly. She knows I say it jokingly that I'm so evolved. So, and she'll go, just give yourself five minutes. (laughs) Well, before we go, I just want to share this one story. Well, two stories. So when I first entered into your office and you had your little notepad and you know, you're kind of taking notes. And at the end you go, well, Aaron, 
we're perfect for each other. This is going to work out great. (laughs) And then a few sessions later, we start going through my timeline and you kind of start kind of educating me on different things. And you write up the word vulnerable on the whiteboard. And you said, when someone says the word vulnerable, or you think of the word vulnerable, like what's the first thing that comes to mind? And I can't, and I said, you. <laughs> you did. You did. I remember that. So I will say I have come a very long way because I do not think being vulnerable is you. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Aaron, that's fantastic. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. So wow. thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, I love this. This is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Erin, do you want me to take us out? Yeah, take us out. All right, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And thank you again to Erica. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the pod. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at casual and committed podcast. Go buy some merch for Nina. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.